Welcome, everyone, to That's What B Said. I, I am your host, Brittany Mollis. Bree gave me the reins tonight, and it's just me and Meredith, so we're going to go off on tangents about conspiracies and aliens. And, and this is Bree, you only have yourself to blame for this one. I know. She could she could have been on this one, you know, but. <laughs> this is the moment they've all been waiting for. <laughs> I know she keeps us so like on the straight and arrow some nights you know it's some nights and even then we derail the conversation (laughs) so we get to do whatever we want tonight mom's not here (laughs) but we we miss you Brie uh she had some other things she had to do tonight but she'll be back next week yes she's Um, a very busy lady I don't know how she does it I really don't I don't either like sometimes sometimes I feel like I'm an overly busy person and then I look at everything that's on Bree's plate and I'm Ugh. like, I'm a lazy MFer. Like just hearing about her life makes me tired. Yes. And on top of that, she still finds time to work out like every single day. Yeah, she does. What's it that called? That bar? Bar. Yeah. Which yeah, is like it's... really intense. I know. I want to try it. So do I. We'll have Although to look for classes. Afraid. Yeah, we'll have we to look have for to classes. to go to yoga. Around. That's true. That's true. Actually, I think I saw a class that we should take. I'll have to send it to you uh, when we're done recording. Ooh, is it hot yoga? No, no. I think it was like a boot camp class. Oh, Jesus. Meredith, fun. what it do you think fun. I am? <laughs> but I'm, but the- <laughs> I'm a lot of things. I'm not boot camp material. <laughs> I, it was either that. I don't know. I'll keep looking. But yeah, no, we, we still have to go to yoga. Yes, we do. Um, before we get... So today we're going to talk about the All-Star Game, of course, because, hello, it was here. Yes. Uh, big news. Uh, we're going to talk about LeBron which I know is a fun topic right now. And then we're going to probably end it with a little bit of Jarvis. Maybe, you know, Meredith has a spicy take here. And, you know, I, I'm going to tell you about my dispute with the Blue Collar Dales, which was fun. Um, oh, my God, I can't Before wait. we get into that, I have to tell you a funny story. Okay. So <laughs> this is where I'm at in life. Now, like, I'm in and out. Obviously, if you guys listen to this regularly, I'm in and out now. Like, you know, I try to 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 do this and i feel bad because like Bree's so busy and then there's just me who is <laughs> did you see that meme i shared the other day when it was like world war three let me think about world war me <laughs> <laughs> yes i saw that so that's where i'm at you know i've been going to therapy which i've talked about uh briefly on twitter which has been mm-hmm. really kind of life-changing um you know i'm learning a lot about myself and um, I That's encourage awesome. everyone, if you've ever even thought about it, uh, to try, you know, tr- it helps your soul to let these things out in the universe, things that, you know, you might not have even thought were bothering you all this time. Um, so that's, you know, I've been focusing on that. I've been focusing on getting better, both mentally and physically. So it's been a good time, but you know, priorities have shifted a little bit and I don't always have the time that I want. Um, so anyway, this this morning, Meredith, I have to go into the office on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And I went into the office today. And let me tell you, like in the morning, you know, I usually leave my place at about 7.15. Um, this morning, I I left uh, probably about 6.45 just because I was up a little bit earlier. You know, I wanted to get some coffee, had to get some gas. So... I I don't really have, like, a routine. You know how, like, when you go in the office, you're supposed to, like, look presentable? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, well for like normal people, like I work in radio. <laughs> so, I mean, if you saw the way I looked when I show up to work, you would be like, oh my God, who is that? It's probably how I look every day. Like, okay, so I throw on like jeans and like I'll wear, like I wear a sweater and stuff. But as far as like above like my neck, it's just a mess. So like I never wear makeup. I... I don't do my hair. I mean, like, you see my hair on normal. It's just, you know, this weird little bun thing that I have going on all the time. It's real messy and, and weird. Um, so this morning, I woke up, brushed my teeth, you know, put my, my serum on my face, because I do that. Skincare mm-hmm. is important, ladies, especially when you're old, like me. Um, <laughs> you know, I throw, slab on some D.O. for my B.O., and, like, I'm out the door. So I went in today, and, like... A couple hours into the workday, I was like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror. <laughs> there it is. So, you know, I have like white hair. Like, yeah. It's like white. I washed my hair last night, which <laughs> big accomplishment. And apparently I forgot shampoo in my hair. <laughs> and the shampoo that i use is purple like purple, purple. oh yeah yeah like yeah because it helps like preserve the color of your hair right yeah. yeah yeah so i'm just staring at myself in the mirror and i have these like big purple streaks in my hair oh no like clumped in it's not like you know oh you just left it on too long and it's like purple highlights no like there's product oh, clumping no. my hair and i'm like Pretty. holy crap i need <laughs> To be a better person than this. <laughs> Did you just like tell your coworkers that this is the latest style? Well, luckily, like, okay, so I do, I'm in the office, but I'm, they sort of like put me off into my own little corner where nobody ever talks to me. <laughs> so I don't know that I even like said three words to anyone today or saw like more than like one person. And I tried my best to sort of like, finesse it so that you know the the white parts were covering the purple but yeah, i mean you can't cover purple hair it's it's really hard to cover purple especially when your hair is as light as it is i know it's a oh mess God, i'm pretty. a mess <laughs> but then there's oh, oh so it reminded God. me of this one time this was like a couple jobs ago i went it so like i had just moved back to ohio and like i unpacked my stuff and i kept all of my winter scarves like above the armoire where my tv was in my room and the one morning, I just grabbed one and I put it on, and you know, I drove to work. This is I was living in Niles and working in Chagrin at the time. Again, like I don't look at myself before I leave. <laughs> this one's even worse. Oh no, <laughs> you're gonna die. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and you know, just typing away, having a good time. And my coworker comes up behind me and she's like, "What is on your scarf?" And I was like, "Oh Uh-oh. no." Uh-oh. Meredith, there was a dried hairball on my no! scarf. She was like, is that poop? Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. So there, there are some radio stations that do um, simulcast on TV, mm-hmm. like uh, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Their morning show does uh, a simulcast on uh, Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, which is kind of like DC's version of Valley Sports. You know, it's like the local regional sports network. So you've got the sports junkies and they're on the air 
you know, on the radio and they're on TV as well. So you can either listen to them on the radio or you can watch them on TV. And I fear that that could happen to me at some point. Like we might have cameras like and I'm like, oh, my God, if if we ever do anything similar, I'm in so much trouble because like. I wear, I wear like gym clothes to work. I'm not even kidding. Like I don't even wear jeans. I throw on gym clothes. And a lot of times it's because I go to the gym after work and I just don't feel like changing. So I wear, I wear what I'm planning to work out in to work. Like if we ever get cameras, I'm so if we. So I probably scary. could do the same thing and nobody would even notice because like like I said right. I, like I'm like this little mole at the office where I just sit there all by myself all day and, and it and it's so strange because like people in other departments actually dress like it's a nor- like they they dress normally like the way you would expect a person to dress in an office and then there's like me in my gym clothes so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I relate <laughs> oh yeah thanks Joey thanks for the hairball <clears throat> I'm such a gross person. Um, oh, so, so let's talk about sports, shall we? Isn't that what we're yes. here for? Yes. Right. Okay, so NBA All-Star Game. This year's festivities were held in our very own Cleveland, Ohio, where we saw our very own Darius Garland, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley win the skills competition. I'm so proud of them. That was so. That, that was so such fun? an exciting thing. Um, that was. It was. Yeah. I'm especially just thinking about it. I know. I know. I I feel like this weekend is just a microcosm of the Cleveland Cavaliers forcing the nation to pay attention to them because the Cavs don't have a lot of. Uh, national games this year. I think they have like one against the Toronto Raptors and every other game Mm -hmm. is going to be on Bally Sports. Like, so there's no nationally televised games for the Cavs except that one that I know of. And now the the playoffs, of course. (laughs) Of course, of course. So I love that the Cavaliers are forcing people to pay attention to them. And it's not even forcing because even on nights that they lose, they're still an exciting team to watch. And so to have that on display on the national stage on their home court it was it was so great for them i'm so happy for darius and evan and jared i'm just i'm so thrilled for them and they looked like they were so happy and having so much fun which they do like normally so it's it's nice that people finally get to see what we see right exactly loved it um so we were also treated to miles garrett and cream hunt playing the celebrity basketball game which was fun did you watch that at all um, I caught bits and pieces. I had trouble. I think I was working that night, so I don't know that I was able to watch the full thing. Um, I think my biggest disappointment was not being able to see Mayor Bibb ball out, because that's what I really wanted to see. But I did see the highlight of um, Miles. It looked like he was either dunking or blocking on MGK, and that's all I ever want in life, because I, I am not an MGK <laughs> fan. So anytime one of our people can embarrass him, like, I am all for it. So Miles Garrett just kind of, like, embarrassed MGK on that court, and I was so proud of him. I read a tweet today about Machine Gun Kelly, and it was it the one that I... The lines- was it the one that I sent out? Because I sent out a hateful MGK tweet today. No, no, no. This <laughs> okay. one was so funny. Is it, I don't even know of anyone that listens to MGK's music. I don't even know that he's like a real person. He just sort of comes out every five years and haunts these beautiful women into insanity. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just exists. And I just, 
Megan Fox, my girl, you can do so much better. She could literally have any guy on the planet, and that's who she chose. Listen, oh. tall, skinny weirdos are like in. <laughs> Listen, I'm like, it's the same conversation that we have about Pete Davidson. Is he hot or is he just tall? With Pete, he's hot. With MGK, he's just tall. That's it. You're not wrong. You're right. not wrong about that. <laughs> but oh. if you, so you didn't see the celebrity game. My favorite part of it wasn't even the game itself. It was Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins talking oh to one another. Kings. Meredith, absolute kings. I died. I was laughing so hard listening to those two. So at one point, um, you know, Richard Jefferson, he's he's funny in a way that's like he's sort of like a menace you know what i mean yeah and he was talking to kendrick perkins and he he said to him he's like so perk what are we gonna bet on this game huh what are we gonna bring go to the casino after are we gonna what are we betting tonight and kendrick perkins is like we are not friends like that <laughs> Listen, there's there's no pair that I love more than Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye. Like, oh my god, those so two. Like, because Channing Frye might be the funniest person on the face of the planet. Like, he is just dead ass hilarious. I love him so much. And when you pair him up with RJ, just like the two of them, oh. like they're like Key and peel of the basketball world. Everything they do is funny, <laughs> and everything they do is watchable. Like, I love it. Did you see that um, he roasted Gilbert Arenas? Yes. Oh, my God. That was so good. Oh, God. Especially, like, Gilbert Arenas caused... He was, like, he was an actual menace in Washington, D.C., oh let me tell you. Uh, I think he, he got, like, arrested or something one night because he brought a gun into the Wizards locker room and... Oh like, DC, like, D.C. has very, very strict gun laws. Like, I don't even think you can do conceal carry. Like, I think you can only have a firearm in D.C. if you're, like, a, an armed police officer and Gilbert Arenas, like, brought a gun into the locker. Like, it was a, such a huge story at the time. I was, like, I think I was, like, in middle school or something when it happened. I barely remember it. But, yeah, Gilbert he's Arenas nuts. is, yeah, he's crazy. So I'm, like, I, I love that R.J. roasted him. I did see that. It was so it was good. It was so good. If you guys haven't seen it, look it up. You will laugh. Yeah, I think it's I on promise. TikTok. Yeah, I think I think Richard Jefferson has like gotten into TikTok and he's like really good at it. Of course he is. He's hilarious. not surprising. Yeah, not surprising at all because he like has his little <laughs> shtick. Like Sean White's shtick on TikTok when he's not you know in the Olympics is eating food and reacting to other people doing like snowboarding stunts, which is hilarious. And that's his shtick. I think Richard Jefferson's uh, TikTok shtick is like reacting to things while he's sitting in his car. It's great. I love it. You know what I've been thinking about doing lately? And I'm not going to because I don't do, like, video stuff. But if I did, if I did do TikToks, what I would do is explain things, how my brain understands them, like, current events or even, like, historical events. So, like, the other day I was trying to read up on the Russia and Ukraine and NATO thing. Mm -hmm. And the way that my brain understood it was you know mom and dad got divorced and then you know now they have these two kids that are you know independent grown on their own and then dad is using the kids 
to try to get mom to not marry the new guy, even though the new guy isn't really sure that he even wants to marry her. So like dad being Russia, mom being Ukraine, the kids being those two sovereign nations and be sort of like caught in the middle of this all, and the new guy being NATO. And in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, like I understand this now. I don't know how accurate this is, but like <laughs> this is that. how I. You would you'd yeah, go viral but, with that. You would 1000% go viral. I'm telling you, I need to, I, you know how, like, in the office when, you know, Michael tells Oscar, explain this to me like I'm five years old. Like, this is mm-hmm. what I tell my brain. I was like, okay, how can I explain this to myself in a way that I understand? No wonder I'm in therapy. Jesus Christ, let's see what <laughs> God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, so anyway... Back to what we were talking about. Back to basketball. There were so many celebrities (laughs) in Cleveland. Like, it's so weird. Did you see um, any? um, I didn't see any personally. I saw a lot of uh, tourists downtown. Like, and I... Like, and I hate to be a hater about it because I know that events like this are such a good thing for the city of Cleveland. And it's so good for our economy. And it's so good for, you know, our national profile. But I just like, I'm like, I just want to get to work and y'all are in my way and you're crowding the streets and you're walking, you know, like Red Rover, Red Rover, you know, uh, in a horizontal line across the sidewalk. And I'm just like, get out of my way. I need coffee and I need to go to work. <laughs> so yeah, I was sitting there, um, like somebody asked, they're like, do you see any celebrities in my family? I was like, no, I haven't seen any celebrities. And I say that as if I actually went anywhere or left the apartment. <laughs> I'm like, why aren't these people just coming to my apartment? Right? They're just like showing up there. So, I mean, I'm right. sure there were some people that, there were some people that I saw that probably could have been celebrities, like with the way that they were carrying themselves and they kind of mm. have like hats on and like hoodies on and they were kind of hiding their face and I'm like, that might be a celebrity, but i I'm not invasive enough to try to figure it out. My friend, one of my friends, uh, Elise, she is so good at spotting celebrities. Like she's got radar for it. Like if there is a celebrity within a hundred yard radius, she's going to be able to point them out and know exactly who they are and like everything that they've ever done. And her Instagram, her stories are just like filled with her taking pictures with celebrities because she just spots them everywhere. It is incredible and like she even had a few she even had a few from this weekend because like she was spotting celebrities i forget who she posted but she definitely saw a few whoa she's like modern day paparazzi i didn't think paparazzi still existed except the thing is like these celebrities will take selfies with her because she's so nice and so sweet and so beautiful like and she's beautiful too like and so of course they're like oh my god this really attractive woman who's adorable wants me to take a picture with her yes of course so it's not like her like snapping pictures of them it's like them taking selfies with her she always gets them to take selfies with her that's so cute i know i love it i'm so jealous that she has that ability too like it's incredible yeah i could never oh goodness (laughs) um so a friend of the show cami justice wrote an article Mm -hmm. monday highlighting some of the 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 kind things celebrities and athletes had to say about Cleveland during their visit here, which I thought it was very good. Uh, if you follow Cammy, make sure you check that out. Um, big news, guys. Flava Fave is a big fan of Cleveland. Yes. <laughs> that was my favorite part of this article. Flava Flav had nothing <laughs> yeah. but great things to say about Cleveland. 
like it's so hard i think to to rag on this city when people get here and i think people are always so surprised at how much fun it is and i've said this on our podcast before and i've said it like in multiple situations but i have had more friends visit me here in cleveland than i had when i was living in nashville and every single friend that i've had come visit me here has just had an absolute blast and loved the city like i had a pair of friends that came i want to say in 20 it was either 2018 or 2019 in the summer and we went to a baseball game and we went to barrio for brunch and they were just so floored at how much fun they had and then in 2019 in the fall of 2019 my old college roommate came up and i took her to a bunch of breweries and we went out to dinner and like I showed her like where the lake, like we went out and like walked around the lake and like in some of the areas where they have like the metro parks that are right on the, um, right on the lake. And we mm -hmm. went out, I'm trying to think, I think we went to a brunch place in Ohio city and she was just like, oh my God, this place is incredible. And I'm like, yes, that's what I've been telling you guys. Like people laugh at me for moving to no, Cleveland, but I'm telling you, like there's a reason I've been here five years now, like five years next month. And it's crazy. I feel like I just got here. Five years. Wow. I know. How about and then, that? Yeah, have, I think it's been this, about the same for you because I feel like you moved here or moved back here, excuse me, because you're you are from here, but you moved back here pretty shortly after I moved here, I think. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. Wow. It has almost been five years. I moved back here in 2017. Yeah, that's when I Holy got here, crap. too. Where has the time gone? I know. I know. And it's so it's crazy. Wow. So. Well, this does this get me to lead into my spicy hot take? Well, yeah. So let me set the scene for these people. Okay. Though. So during the week leading up to it, you know, there was like a, we had that snowstorm on Thursday, and I don't know if it's snow or ice. I I abandoned ship and went to my parents' <laughs> house to avoid it because that's how I deal with things. I just run away from them. Um, so during the week, there was a lot of back and forth about whether or not Cleveland does or should care about what outsiders think, especially, you know, it's coming to Cleveland in the middle of February. It's risky. It is. It's a bold move of the NBA to have this in Cleveland in the middle of February. Like th This is not when we're at our best. I promise you that. Um, so, Meredith, do you believe that that people first of all do you believe when people say they don't care what outsiders think i what i noticed a lot on twitter and i realized that you know twitter is not necessarily the complete consensus it's just you know the people who are loudest and get the most retweets sure. um but people were getting really upset about people ragging on the weather and saying that the weather sucked in Cleveland. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's ridiculous for anyone to go anywhere in the Midwest in February and expect right. 75 and sunshine. I mean, when the all-star, when the MLB all-star game was here in 2019, that's exactly what we had. We had 75 degrees and sunny all weekend. It was stunning weather. So I thought it was really weird that people were getting upset. And I said this to you before we started recording, like if this was, if the all-star game was in Chicago and I think Chicago has worse weather than Cleveland does, nobody would be complaining about the weather. And I think it's just, you know, I think it's kind of like the reputation, but then people were getting really angry at all of the weather complaints. Like, and I'm sitting there thinking, who cares? 
And this is where my and this is where my spicy hot take comes in. People get really, really upset when people shit on Cleveland, which is understandable because it's our city and we love it and we don't want people speaking badly about something that we care about. But I read an article in the New York Times over the weekend and it was it said, you know, the next affordable city in America is already unaffordable. And it was a profile on Spokane, Washington, and how people from uh, Seattle and L.A. and Austin and Portland and all these it cities are suddenly unable to afford their lifestyles in in whatever city they're living in. Like people living in Los Angeles can no longer afford the lifestyle that they want. So Spokane is like the next city that everyone is migrating to. And the cost of living there has like um, like gone up 60 percent in the last two years which is absolutely insane to me and the the article it was a really long read but it was definitely worth the while if you can find it i might have to tweet it out later but i was sitting there and i was like i've experienced this before because when i was living in nashville nashville was going through that same thing where everyone was moving there and everyone is still moving there mm -hmm. and housing becomes unaffordable i couldn't you know find a place to just go at a happy hour with my friends or with my roommates, everything was expensive. Like it was more expensive to live in Nashville than it was in Washington, DC, which is absolutely insane. And so I'm sitting there and I'm seeing people get so upset over people shit talking Cleveland. And I'm like, you know what? Let them, because if they continue to shit talk Cleveland, they're not gonna move here. And if they don't move here, my apartment stays affordable. Like I don't wanna see Cleveland become a spot that is suddenly unaffordable because I think that's one of the main draws of this city for me personally and I know it's a draw for a lot of people is that it's one of the most affordable cities in the entire country and for what we have here it's incredible because we've got you know the park system we've got the lake and all of the activities that come with the lake which is you know fishing and boating and jet skiing and we've got hiking paths and beaches and we've got great restaurants, we've got a ton of breweries, we've got a great history and a great culture here. And I don't want people who moved to Austin because it was an it city now saying, well, this city sucks, I want to go somewhere else. I don't want those Austin people coming to Cleveland and, you know, and crapping up our city. I don't want L.A. people coming to Cleveland because I like our city the way it is. So that's my spicy hot take. So don't get mad if people are ragging on the city, let them. Because if suddenly, if everyone talks about how great Cleveland is, and everyone understands and realizes how incredible this city is, you know, we might get priced out of our homes, or it could just become so crowded and so uncomfortable to live here. And like, that's the only way that I can describe Nashville is that it is uncomfortable to live there because you cannot go anywhere without feeling like you're in a sardine can. And I don't want to see that happen to Cleveland. So you know what? Talk your trash. I'm going to live here. I'm going to enjoy being able to live here. And if people want to talk, let them talk because we know they're wrong. We know that, you know, that I think that when they do that, they're just insecure and they need to, you know, they need to bring somebody else down to make themselves feel better. But the reality is it's not going to make them feel better. We need to stop giving them attention for it. So next time you hear someone crapping on Cleveland, just ignore them because you know better and you know they're wrong. And that's my spicy hot take. Spicy. Listen, Very I'm going to have to go against you on something. Okay. So what happened? 
Number one, you know, when I say, do you believe people when they say they don't care? Absolutely not. I mean, if you just look at like Cleveland sports Twitter, okay, anytime Colin Cowherd needs a boost in engagement, all he has to do is mention Baker Mayfield's name and he knows it. Oh, he yeah. knows it. So he does it. And every single time Cleveland fans jump in and tear him down, like this is just a formula that that he has mastered. And it works every time because Cleveland always gives in. Cleveland cares a lot. I would even say that they care a little bit too much. So what had happened last week when I pissed off blue collar Dales? Now, oh, God, here we go, Meredith. What'd you do? What'd you so, do? I tweeted about how, you know, I never understood why people sort of like fetishize this, this whole mm-hmm. blue collar thing. Um, to me, it never really made a whole lot of sense. All I did, and it wasn't even about that originally, I just said, you know, something about, you know, oh, these people say it's a blue collar town. I know. And I do. I know people who take bi-monthly trips to South Florida in the winter that live in Cleveland. Mm. Like, I know people who do this. So my whole point was that you can come to Cleveland and do well for yourself. You can have, you know, a, a disposable income, depending on what you do. It's not like this Rust Belt ghost town. And we don't all mm-hmm. have to, like, you know tie up our boots and put on our hard hats to go to work every day. Like there's, there's, there are jobs here. And I know this is, for some reason, this really upset people. The fact that I said, I know people here who have money. This really pissed them off. And I'm just like, you know, it's crazy because I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if I know anybody who has a blue collar job. Like you work a white collar job. I work a white collar job. Bree works a white collar job. Like pretty much everyone in our friends group works a white collar job in some way, shape or form. Which you would uh, think is like good. I mean, like, right? Yeah. And, and then if you think about college educated people could come to Cleveland and make a, a fine living for themselves. Isn't that a good thing? Right. And and this is the part where I don't understand where the blue collar job attitude sticks like i understand where it came from but i don't understand why it sticks because we've got a massive financial district because of all of the banks that are downtown and people who work in banking uh Mm -hmm. progressive insurance is headquartered in mayfield heights and they employ thousands of people i have family members who work blue collar or excuse me white collar jobs for progressive insurance you know either as agents or um you know what's the people who whoever i forget the name of the people who like assess damage on your cars like they have these jobs at progressive we also have a massive theater district at playhouse square we've got one of the best law schools in the country at case western reserve and we've got the two biggest hospital systems in the country in university hospitals and cleveland clinic like if you want to be a medical professional this is like the one of the best places to do it these are all white collar jobs and white collar situations and one of the cool things about like progressive and i i don't work for them but you don't necessarily have to have a college degree to work there i have a cousin without a college degree but she has worked her way up to a job Mm -hmm. that she loves and she's really successful in like and it's not blue it's not blue collar so i don't understand how this blue collar ideology has stuck 
No, they cling to this idea like for their lives and how you can't say that you could come to Cleveland and make a good living because it really, really hurts them to their core that you can <laughs> like come here. goes and against the narrative. Whole, like when when they try to pitch, well, this blue collar, we're so blue collar, blah, blah, blah. Where I disagree with you on your, your point about not wanting people to come here. And I understand your point. You know, it's affordable. Mm -hmm. We can, you know, keep it a secret, whatever. But also, you're going to need to grow the economy. So you're going to have to attract people from outside. Like, that's just part of it. If you want the city to do well, you need to bring in more people because a lot of people from Ohio just leave. And, you know, you could say it's it's weather or whatever. um, But that's the reality. So you're going to have to attract people. When these kids are, you know, graduating college and they're in finance and business and, you know, whatever, how are you going to sell? Are are you going to tell them, well, you know, it's a real good blue collar town. How is that going to impact their decision? You and your medical degree want to come here. Oh, the blue collar attitude. They don't even know what that means. And you know why they don't know what that means? Because it's a term from the 1970s that you people can't get over. Now, and you want you want to know what's even funnier? Blue collar jobs actually pay really well. <laughs> so right. I don't know why people equate blue collar jobs with being poor. Because if you're say like a plumber or an electrician or a construction worker or even like a bus driver or if you work, you know, as a as a garbage collector, these are all really really well paying jobs. Like I I forget where I, what which one it was, but I feel like I read somewhere that. Uh, garbage collectors can make six figures. So I don't know why people equate blue collar jobs with being poor no. because and blue collar yeah, workers tell- make a lot more money than I do. Like let's they were telling that me way. that I was like, wait, you're so out of touch. You don't get it. Blah blah blah. I grew Opposite. up in like the Mahoning Valley, which is you know you know outside of Youngstown, and my entire life. My dad, who's a software engineer, he has a very good job, you know, Mm -hmm. super smart, college educated, whatever. Every, I'd say 90% of his jobs came from Cleveland or Canton. That's it. Because Mm -hmm. there aren't, I actually grew up in a very blue collar area where there are, there's no economy there. There's nothing, there's nothing there. So, you know, in the 70s, they had the whole, you know, uh, the the steel system collapsed and it never recovered it actually is a rust belt area um but to me i was always like well cleveland has jobs cleveland still has jobs it has things to offer that aren't just this blue color you could sell cleveland on a lot of things without ever mentioning this blue collar idea this is not a selling point to get people to live here Right. My so my childhood best friend got um, a degree in the medical field recently, like two or three years ago. And I was selling Cleveland so hard to her because I wanted her uh, to move up to Cleveland. I was like, you could do this. You could do this. You could do this. Because if you have a medical degree or even you don't even have to like be like a doctor, you can just work in the medical field and the sky is the limit. For what you could do in Cleveland between Cleveland clinics and university hospitals. Um, Unfortunately, the hard sell didn't work uh, because the hospital that she did her, uh, I guess, her work study internship, whatever it was, wound up hiring her after she graduated. So she had like planted roots down in Birmingham where she was uh, going to school. 
couldn't get it to work but i was trying and she was like yeah she's like i know how good of a city is like cleveland is for for my profession and she actually looked here and considered it you know before she got the job offer from the hospital that she interned at so i mean it's just like there's so much opportunity here there really is yes so that that's what happened in a nutshell. I pissed that's, off blue collar dales, which whatever. I might need to go I back your I might need to go back in your Twitter timeline and look at some of your mentions because oh. I think because I remember because I do remember you tweeting out I I do remember the tweet that you mentioned, but I don't I don't remember seeing any of the replies because I don't think I looked at them. But um, yeah, Good I would love you. to see. <laughs> I would love to see how angry people get because you merely stated a fact about the city of Cleveland on Twitter. Yeah, I guess you can't have, you know, white collar jobs too. That's not allowed. So here Listen, we are. Facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> All right. So moving on to LeBron. LeBron's situation in LA looks to be deteriorating by the week, especially after the Lakers opted to not get him any help before the trade deadline. He made a comment while in Cleveland over the weekend that Cleveland has three all-stars in the game. Darius Garland, Jared Allen, and him. Mm-hmm. He, Meredith, he did the chalk toss. He seemed very that. proud to be there. He chose to have Garland and Allen on the floor with him to start the fourth quarter in the game. So let me uh, ask you. Also, he also what? did uh, an interview with Jason Lloyd of The Athletic and said that the door is still open on coming back door to Cleveland. Still open. He and seemed he like he, he was flirting pretty hard with Cleveland yeah. over the weekend. Um, he and he did also he did also say that he wants his last season in the league to be played with his son. So he he said a lot of things over the weekend, um, a lot of a lot of Cleveland centric things. Do you think there's a chance he may come back to finish his career in Cleveland? Um, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say yes and no, like a hard no but a soft yes. And and let me explain that. So I think. The no is coming from, I don't think he's going to play again as a Cavalier um, for a few reasons. Uh, I don't know that Kobe Altman will want to pay him um, what he's worth. Uh, And I'm going to say what he's worth because LeBron James is worth every penny that he asks for. Like if he asks Mm -hmm. for, you know, a hundred million dollar contract, like he's worth it because he's a superstar and he is the best player in the league. I don't know that the Cavaliers will want to pay him the money that he's going to ask for because they already have these rising stars on the team and these young guys who are growing. Um, So I don't know that he's going to want to pay that. And the soft yes comes from, I think, if he does come, quote unquote, come back to Cleveland, I think it might be one of those sign a 10-day contract so he can retire as a Cavalier. Um, With regards to his son, uh, Bronny Jr., I think he's eligible for the draft in 2024. Um, and with the way the Cavaliers are currently playing, I don't suspect that they'll have a high enough draft pick to get Bronny Jr. in 2024. So if LeBron James wants his final season to be with his son, and he also wants his final season to be in Cleveland, I don't think he can have both because Bronny might wind up getting drafted to, uh, the Pistons or the Thunder or, you know, or the Pelicans. Like, you know, he, he doesn't really have control over where his son gets drafted to. So, and I don't know that the Cavaliers will be able to draft him 
in 2024. So there's it's 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 very very loaded all the things that LeBron said and everything that goes with it. I think so now that I'm thinking about it. So first of all, Bronny Jr. he is he's not that good. So like he's not going to be like a lottery pick. Um, I mean, if, probably, yeah, I mean, if he's a low pick, then the Cavs may be able to draft him. Who they're knows? in a position where they, they would probably be able to, even if they are a good team, which I anticipate they will be. Um, I think it just depends on how much they would want LeBron back to get. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would be a situation where they weighed the good and the bad. Like, okay, maybe Bronny Jr. isn't that great. But with him would come LeBron, and it, what a magical way to end such a storied career in the place right. that he loves. Yeah. I don't know if that would be enough. It's a nice, it's a really nice thought. Like, I would, Yeah. that would, everything about that would be just so perfect for the city. Um, but again, I don't know that that would be enough to, to say, okay, with whatever, you know, their first pick would be in that round to go with someone, you know, if you could draft someone more talented, maybe you should, but it would come with this. And I just don't know where, where the Cavs mindset would be on that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, still he think basically, even, yeah, even ahead, in like two or three years, like he's LeBron will probably still be a, a contributor. You know, he's going to be uh, 38. Right. And he's still, the best in the league so right i mean i can't imagine that in two or three years he's gonna be deteriorated in any way yeah and also for for any team that's in you know the top 10 in in terms of draft picks in 2024 if you hear lebron say i want my last season in the nba to be with my son if you're in any one of those top you know eight to ten draft picks you know that if you draft lebron jr you might get LeBron Sr. to go with it. You might. Yes. So, um, you know, that's a big beacon to put out there to the entire league of, you know, if you want LeBron James in his last year or close to his last year, draft his son. <laughs> I would kind of feel bad for his son in that situation, though, you know? Like, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. He's not getting so on his own on merit. Him. And it's just like, oh, okay, you just want me because you want my dad. Like, ooh. Yeah, I know. I know. That's... I mean, and that is a lot of pressure on him also because, yeah. you know, he's got to, you know, assuming that he's going to get drafted, you know, I, I mean, I would assume he is. I haven't, you know, seen him play high school, so I don't know what he, you know, what type of player he is. But, yeah, it's a lot of pressure on him. And then to live up. God, could you imagine if your dad was LeBron James? No. Like, no. I mean, it'd be I, it, awesome. Like, but also, like, yeah, I can I mean, imagine it would the be. pressure. Especially if you're going into basketball. Like, yeah, I, if I was Bronny, I probably would have gone into a different sport completely. I probably would have been an astronaut or something. (laughs) Like, I mean, he's going to be athletic because you're not LeBron James and you don't have unathletic children. That's just not how genetics work. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I, if I were him, I would have done like baseball or, you know, he could, he could potentially play football. Like LeBron always talked about, you know, how he could, he could have played football and he probably could, you know, when he was in his prime, although he's still kind of in his prime, but you know, LeBron is massive. LeBron could be a tight end. You know, I know he wants to be like, you know, running back or receiver or whatever, but Bronny Jr. probably could have done that. 
I don't sure. know. That's just I, that's just me. If I were yeah, if I were Ronnie Jr., I probably would have gone into a different sport just because it is just this um, like immeasurable amount of pressure to be the son of one of the greatest basketball players of all time and then trying to walk a similar path where you're getting into the NBA yourself. Like that's just it's a lot going on. That's a lot. It's a lot. I'm like I'm like breathing heavy just thinking about it. <laughs> And I don't even have that kind of legacy to live up to. (laughs) All right. So we're going to close out the show tonight, obviously, with a little Browns talk. (laughs) We would be remiss if we did not do Browns talk. (laughs) Why can't we just have a boring week? All right. I know. So Tuesday morning, Jarvis Landry sent out a video on Instagram that featured him driving a car with audio that alludes to him not belonging. He then delivered a series of tweets offering his side of the story in regards to the season, explaining that he came back from injury too early, but, quote, you never heard me mention it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a, there was a lot of aggressive tweets in there. My favorite was, was like, I gave everything, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and he... I, you kind of expect that out of Jarvis because he's a passionate person. Like, we all sure. remember the contagious speech from Hard Knocks. Like, that's just who he is. But I'm just, I'm kind of over the social media dramatics. And I don't think anything he's saying is, you know, incorrect or anything that we didn't expect, you know, because it was a disappointing season and he wanted more out of the team and he wanted more out of Cleveland and rightfully so. But also we don't know if we were going to have Jarvis Landry beyond this year. Like that was, he was one of the question marks. And you know, if, if he's going to demand $16 million, it's going to be a really, really hard sell for Andrew Barry to want to pay him that much, you know? So it's just like, so everything he said is completely logical and completely founded but god do like do we have to do like the dramatic tiktok reels on instagram like seriously so when i woke up and like i saw what was going on in my mind like and in my in my heart i had already said goodbye to jarvis in my own way whereas like i just forgot that this was a thing because to me i'm like i as a fan, I completely understood the predicament that they were in, even, like, going into the season with Jarvis's contract. Like, you you can't justify, and I get it, you know, he's he's got a lot of heart. He's, he's a good wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but he was never worth the amount that, that he had. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I knew that, so I was just like, okay, like, after this season, Jarvis is gone. Like, in my brain, that's just how it worked. And, like, I, I was a little taken aback when I saw this video about, you know, oh, well, I don't belong. I'm trying to find where I belong. And I'm just like, what is this? Because to me, I'm like, okay. You belong like, here, Jarvis. You do. It, I I like Jarvis a lot. I, I, I always I've, have. But it I've just comes down to. I've been a huge fan of his since his LSU days. Like, I was so thrilled when when he came to Cleveland. I was so excited. Almost more excited than I was when the Browns acquired Odell Beckham Jr. Like, cause I just, I love Jarvis Landry that much, but yeah, it's, 
you don't belong. I think he was that that threw me off because he 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 always did seem to embrace the city like no doubt yeah um he always seemed like he was pretty happy here you know this year it was kind of I I guess a little bit strange that you know his media availability was wasn't even existent the fact that his best friend left in such a you know chaotic way and you know he never really spoke about it um there was obviously a division in the locker room between it and he never you know came out on either side even though you know we kind of understood that obj's his best friend and and Mm -hmm. where he was um but yeah like i just to me it always came down to to money to finances this is a business like jarvis landry you're great and you know we love you the city loves you but also they have a, a team to run and paying him 16 million dollars just never seemed feasible to me i was like this this isn't gonna happen like they're either gonna restructure or he's gonna be gone so i think probably what happened is they tried to restructure and the number that they gave which you know to andrew barry's credit was probably a very fair number but you know to jarvis it was probably very insulting mm-hmm. and that's probably why he he was so passionate and he was really tweeting through it <laughs> Which was, it's always entertaining when people tweet through things. I know. I mean, to go back to the top of the show, maybe everyone should try therapy. That's what I'm saying. Everyone, get in therapy. That way, you, oh, if everyone did, there would be no Twitter. Like, oh. what a great life. Therapy is bad for the business of Twitter. You know what I tweet about now? Fish sandwiches. That's it. <laughs> oh, are we at that time of year again? Is it fish almost. sandwich time of it's year? It's almost here. I was thinking about it today, and I was like, ooh, fish Sammy season. going to tweet about this. Because once you get to a place where you're, like, you know, talking about things, you don't have to tweet through things anymore. Then you yeah. just start tweeting about fish sandwiches, and life's good. <laughs> do, you, do you think Jarvis was in his feels because, um, you know, he... You know, like you said, saw his best friend leave the Browns in a very chaotic way. And then he goes to a city and wins a Super Bowl, but also, you know, has a major injury in the Super Bowl. Like, even though, you know, he had to come out of the game, he still, you know, had a touchdown and made a major contribution. And now he has a big fat ring on his finger. Do you think Jarvis is in his feels? Because he's like seeing his best friend with something that he wants. Sure. I mean, I definitely think that probably pays, plays a part in it. Um, you know, we all have those, like, envious streaks in us when someone mm-hmm. goes, oh, you know, when's it going to be my turn? You know right. what I mean? And Jarvis deserves, I would love to see Jarvis go out there and win, win a ring. Like, he's, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a smart guy. Like, I, I can't say how much I appreciate him enough. Um, I do think the culture thing has always been a little overrated. I kind of put it in the same category as the the Hollywood Higgins, you know, chemistry thing. Like, yeah. both of those things are really sort of, like, great on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a fine receiver. It's just not worth $16 million. And, you know, it's it's they're in a tough spot because the receiving room is very limited right now. I know. Um, they're really going to have to address that. And if you get rid of Jarvis, then you're even more limited, which seems like you know an overwhelming need right now um but you want to you want to know what's crazy one of my colleagues said at the beginning of the season that the browns needed more wide receivers and i thought 
he was crazy because Mm -hmm. we had Odell Beckham Jr. And we had Jarvis Landry and we had Hollywood Higgins and we had uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. Like the, this receiver room just looked stacked. And I thought he was off his rocker for saying that the Browns needed to bring in more wide receivers or maybe think about drafting a wide receiver. And I was just like, are you crazy? And look at this a year later, he was right. Yeah, like a year later, you know, Donovan <laughs> Peoples Jones is wide receiver one. <laughs> this God. is a bad spot to be in. Oh. No offense to him, but you know, he's, he's still young. He's still learning. Um, right, like he's not a bad receiver, but no. he's not Jarvis Landry. Like he's, you know, he's not that level. Like he's definitely not a level where he could be considered elite or powerful or even just a scary weapon. He is a weapon, but not like. A terrifying weapon to other teams right he's just he's really fast like anthony schwartz is really fast but he also drops the ball all the time so yes. oh my goodness oh my goodness that's just i still can't wrap my head around the idea that we're hurting for receivers like it's it's tough and seeing jarvis landry be in his feelings on social media makes it even tougher sure one thing that i do <laughs> I didn't, like, get that much from, you know, him tweeting through it. Other than, like, you know, I screenshot it. I was going to make jokes about that. I gave everything, everything. <laughs> Felt like cleaning out the litter box and stuff. And then Joey comes and shits in it, like, five seconds later. <laughs> Every but, time. Every yeah. single time. Um, but the one thing that he said was when uh, he was talking about the medical staff. And he said, you know, I came out, or I went back on the field much earlier than I should have. This seems to be a problem. A big yeah. problem. Cleveland's medical yes. staff does not seem to be doing a great job with that. I know. If they're clearing Baker to play when he was as injured as he was, mm-hmm. that's worrying. Um, if Jarvis Conklin. is com- Conklin. Yeah, because there was a lot of injuries on the offensive line. Jedrick. Yeah. I mean, this, is, then, this is a theme now. Yeah, and then Odell was injured all last year, and he didn't come back right away, and there was a lot of pressure on him to come back, and he was just like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, and everyone, you know, was saying, but, oh, you look so good at training camp, you look so good in practice, why aren't you coming back, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know what the medical staff was telling him, but I do remember at one point when when he did speak about it, I'm, you know, referring to OBJ, when he did speak about it, you know, he talked about the mental aspect of being injured and it he alluded heavily to the fact that he's probably fine physically but he wasn't fine mentally and it seems like in that moment obj was the only person on the injured list who was really taking everything seriously and making sure Mm -hmm. that he was a hundred percent before he came back both physically and mentally but Yeah, I don't, it's very worrying. The amount of injuries on the Browns is extremely worrying because, you know, it's, it's always who's the healthiest at the end of the season. You could have the best roster on paper, but if everyone is injured, it's not going to matter. Right. So I don't know. (sighs) All right, Meredith. That's all we got tonight. Brittany. Do you have fun? Of course. I always do. I always do. It was a uh, good time. We'll make sure to have more spicy hot takes next week. 
Yes, definitely. We might have a guest next week. Yeah, we're starting to get some guests lined up. So I'm really excited uh, for what we've got because I know it's it's off season. Um, Combine, I believe, starts next week. Yes. Uh, and then we've got uh, like around two ish months to the draft. But, you know, even though it's football off season, we're still going to be here. So we've got a lot of exciting stuff lined up for the next few weeks. Yes. So thank you all for joining us this week. Um, Bree, we missed you. She'll be back next week, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, How do I close this out? (laughs) (laughs) You better leave this in. (laughs) I will. Uh, Bree always ends it by, you know, asking people to like, rate, and review us. Find us wherever you get your your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. I don't know where else you can get your podcast, Apple. but any podcast platform. <gasps> I know. Um, Odyssey app. You can find our our uh, podcast through that app if that's your one of choice. And she always asks to rate, leave us a review, and we'll talk to you all next week. There you go. Good job, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.